There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, folks, back for another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Peter, how's it going, man? Doing well. How you doing, James? I'm doing great. I am so pumped for this you know, I would try to be the small talk with the co-host like other podcasts. I don't, just don't have that much small talk in me when we have a guest of this caliber here. Uh, I, I really want to thank you for bringing him. And I don't mind just openly telling everybody. It's like Peter and I have become friends. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, Peter, real quick. Uh, when I say Peter, I mean Peter McDonald, as in the uh, CEO and co-founder of Wonderite. For those of you who have been living under a rock for the last couple of years, uh, Peter and I were having a, a chat a few weeks ago, and we had the conversation of maybe Peter was going to launch a podcast, and he was kind of kicking the idea around, but he has so much on his plate, he didn't want to do it right away, he didn't want to do it urgently or just you know flippantly. There's a lot of insurance podcasts out there now. And we had the conversation, we're like, well, wait a second, why don't we kill two birds with one stone? You've got a really deep bench of interesting people that are doing very cool things that I've never met because you're a tech founder and you know, you've got the insurance chops because of the family agency. And Peter and I basically said, you know, put our heads together. Peter brings a great guest. Thank you, Tomer, by the way. We'll introduce our guest here in just a second. But Peter gets to be a guest host on every episode where he connected us with the guest. Seems only fair, you know, I'm not going to steal his good guests and not let him in on the the fun and the interesting stuff that happens in podcast land. So I don't know if I've ever disclosed exactly how this whole guest co-host thing happens, but you are the official guest co-host, my friend, and pretty soon we'll just call you the you know, co-host on, on the episodes that you're co-host on. No more guests about it. We'll, we'll get there soon enough. Peter, any thoughts before we jump into this thing? I'm just excited to talk to Tomer. I'm excited to get going. Let's get started. Well, why don't you introduce him to the audience? Uh, you you do the the privileges of the intro, and then we'll uh, we'll hand Tomer the mic and uh, and let it rip. Yeah. So I met Tomer, I believe, and Tomer, you correct me if I'm wrong, but in 2018 at the InsureTech Hub Hartford. This is when I was in business school and just just getting started with Wonderite in the earliest days, and we were there trying to pitch. I don't know, Tomer, but we were trying to pitch. We were trying to pitch to. I don't know, get some traction with our startups in the insurance ecosystem, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at the time, um, this guy was a hustler. He was an entrepreneur. Any free minute he had, he was like hitting up 30 people on LinkedIn with direct messages. 
And it was just impressive, his ability to jump from meeting to meeting with all these executives trying to move his business forward. And I knew like, this is a guy I got to stay in touch with. I've had the privilege of meeting a few times after that at different insurance networking events. Um, but yeah, Tomer's building some really interesting businesses. I know at the time he had some stuff in the drone space and I'm kind of a, a drone nerd. So we can talk about that in a minute. But um, oh, yeah. that's kind of my experience and background with, with Tomer. So maybe Tomer, you could just tell us like the 30 to 60 second version about yourself. Oh yeah, sure. And Peter, thank you for this background. You know, it's like you're doing it better than myself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Tomer and the co-founder and CEO of, uh, of uh, Boom Insurance. I'm a tech geek with background in computer science and physics that somehow became an insurance nerd. Uh, Boom today is an insurtech MGA that creates uh, usage-based insurance products for mobility. And specifically, we target niche segments within the mobility world that we think are underserved by major insurance carriers. And obviously, it's not that the segments are underserved, the customers are underserved. Uh, so we create new products, better products in these uh, niche segments and create a much better solution for the, for the end customer. Uh, we do it in several niches uh, already. One of them in aviation, in which we're uh, probably one of the leading providers of commercial drone insurance. We also do uh, light aircraft insurance. Uh, last year, we entered into the um, recreational vehicle space, specifically motorcycles, in which we provide the only paper mile insurance for motorcycles. We'll get to it as well. Uh, and we have a few more products that we're working on. Everything is under the umbrella of things that are high risk and episodic usage. So this is where like usage-based insurance really comes to play. Yeah, and I wanna come back to this underserved nature. You know, James and I, we both got our risk manager designations. And when I hear the things you insure, we'll, we'll come back to this, like maybe they're underserved for a reason. I'd love to dive in. <laughs> um, because oh, it's like people, I don't know if, if you're an insurance agent out there, it's like, it feels like insurance companies don't wanna write business. Um, never mind, you know, the kind of business you're talking about. Before we get there, I guess just, you know, your LinkedIn says that you're an FAA Part 107 certified pilot, like drone pilot. So yeah. I had a DJI drone. In fact, I have a million and a half views of photos I've taken back when I had my drone and uploaded to Google Photos just for fun or Google Google Maps. What is this? Tell us about the drones like that you can fly um, what did you do for the Israeli Air Force? Like, were you flying drones for them as well? And like, and then like, how are drones changing the world right now? I know like war is kind of a immediate example that's probably on some people's mind, but I know there's a lot of cool stuff happening too, like delivering medicine and other things. Just like walk us through like, what is this license? Why do you have it? What'd you do with the Israeli Air Force and how are drones changing the world? Okay, so these are like three different, very, very interesting questions. One, you got like, one minute to go, so. What's, what's my background <laughs> before? Uh, <laughs> before founding uh, uh, Boom and Skywatch. Two is, tell me about drones in general, and three. Yeah, let's head is, uh, one right now. We'll come back to the other two yeah. because I want to insert one little question in between Peter's questions ahead, one and two. Now, I'll let you answer question one because right now our audience is like, <laughs> what is happening? What is going on here? So, yeah. Question one, background well, is Israeli side of the, before insurance. You're a tech guy. You come from Israel. By the time this episode airs, you're the third Israeli national to be a guest on this podcast, which I just think is awesome. I love getting people from different parts of the world, different perspectives. I'd love to hear that story and catch us up to the current chapter of Voom and Skywatch.ai, and then we'll proceed. 
Okay, so yeah, so my story started in, in the Israeli army. In Israel, uh, the army is basically mandatory. So everybody goes there. It's a real melting pot. Okay, so people from all kind of, you know, cities, everybody goes to the same place, getting the same uh, exams. Okay, and then they are sent to, to, to relevant units. Me and actually my co-founder, Ori, as well, both of us were, were in a very, very small elite academic program in the Israeli army. Out of, let's say, 10,000 applicants, about 50 are getting in and 30 are finishing it. Uh, and this is what we did uh, for three years or so. Um, you basically study on the expense of the, of the army. It's a kind of like, uh, I would say, like a merge between um, MIT and West Point together. Mm. Uh, and after this, you know, three years of studying, you become like an R&D officer for the army or for the, you know, Ministry of Defense. And this is what I did for about like seven more years for basically for the government. And it was on the one hand, really far away from insurance, you know, it's like hardcore tech, but on the other hand, very, very close to what I'm doing today. Uh, Cause basically I was like a, a tech lead or like some kind of a program manager. Uh, and they needed to come up with, you know, my concepts to convince people to give me resources in terms of researchers and developers and product managers and and then to create something that provides value for my organization. And there is like, you know, a, a course of, you know, a year or two of building things. And then uh, a few more years later that you basically um, grab the fruits uh, that um, you gain from, from the work. And the things that they did were very, very interdisciplinary. and and we take it into insurance, it's basically very similar because we are like an insurance technology company. Tech is important, but in order to create a really meaningful product, you need all of the value chain to work. Okay, you need IT and compliance and, um, and, and good marketing and, and good user experience and risk analytics. So it's not enough. You know, the technology is not enough. And this is uh, what I see uh, very, very similar. Anyway, when I you know finish my decade for the government, they decided just to do something completely different, which is funding a startup or founding a startup together with Ori, my co-founder. We started from scratch, no idea, nothing, and just decided to, you know, jump into the water. And eventually we came with with Skywatch uh, that then became Boom. And there is actually a pretty interesting founding story about that. They can uh, elaborate. So let me just pause real quick. So were, yeah. were you flying drones? Were you doing anything with the, right? it sounds like you were like, you said West Point and MIT combo. So it sounds like mm -hmm. maybe you were like designing systems. I don't know that other people would execute, but I don't know. Were you exposed to drones at all in your experience? So yeah, so like the, the program was a part of the Israeli Air Force. Okay. But, uh, so I was like exposed to, to drones, but I didn't have like, you know, um, didn't work with drones in the army. It was it wasn't like you know my thing, uh, but when founding a startup, we decided to do something with drones just because we saw the, you know the the adoption back in the day. It was like 2016, 2017, where the you know everybody talked about drones. Everybody talks about you know the um, I would say like hurdles that preventing drones to become a mainstream. One of them was risk and insurance, um, and then we you know we decided to create a risk analytics platform for drones and to monetize it basically with, with insurance. And then, you know, when we decided to go for this, I said, okay, I need to understand my, my, my target audience. 
And in order to understand it better, what I did is to just become a customer myself, okay? To, to live, to, to put my sh myself in the shoes of a potential customer. And they just took the FAA exam to become a commercial drone pilot in order to, to know what other people know and to speak their jargon, to be a part of the community. And this is something that, you know, I really enjoyed. And also I think that really, really helped me. So I love everything about that segment of the story. It is opportunistic. It is bold. It's decisive. It's, it is everything that an entrepreneur wants to be. Uh, bravo, sir. I just think that's fantastic. For those that aren't familiar, and I would imagine it's a pretty large number of our audience and haven't really heard the name skywatch.ai. Why don't you give us just a quick uh, primer on Voom and specifically Skywatch, because there's three components to what you guys do in Skywatch. The drone is the one that you're most known for, uh, but then aircraft owners and, and the people that are leasing aircraft as well from a liability perspective. Why don't you give us the, the 411 on Skywatch.ai uh, at a high level? Definitely. So Skywatch started as a commercial drone insurance solution. You see drones, you know, everywhere from, you know, wedding photographers to uh, drone deliveries and uh, in agriculture inspection, really everywhere. And like even drone light shows. And we have, you know, customers in all, all of these segments. Can, can I just pause for a second real quick? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I, you see these videos on YouTube, right? Like the, the, the productions in the sky and, and you see like, I don't know, I go on DJI and they have like agriculture stuff. Like are these things today that like, it's like ubiquitous in society. Like what is it like right now in the United States with like drones in commercial use? I mean, you guys probably know this better than anybody. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's very, very prevalent. Like what, what started as, you know, some drones used for photography only. Uh, now you have, you know, basically a sensor in the sky, not only video, you have like uh, infrared and uh, um, you do inspection with it, agriculture and spring as well. Uh, what you're seeing like, on TV with deliveries and everything, that's like more, I would say, rare because of uh, regulation. It will take off in the future. Okay, we also have like flying taxis, which are also drones, basically. But Do you follow today, the Jetson one? That's like my favorite drone taxi thing that's out there. It's crazy. <laughs> there, there are so many. There are so many. Like, and, uh, and also like some companies that, you know, started with a big uh, bang and, you know, it disappeared for, for a while. But, you know, there are really good companies in this field and I think that eventually this the aircraft in the future won't be manned. Okay, so you're gonna see like a convergence between what you think today as drones and what you have today as like aircraft. It will be everything will be more like very very, very similar. In any case, when we started, you know, you could purchase a drone for let's say you know fifteen hundred dollars, but you would pay around a thousand dollars a year for insurance. Okay. And the reason for it was that it's like third-party liability. There was like, it was a very, very new risk for the, for the insurer. So for a, for a customer, you would pay insurance than for the drone itself over two years. Okay, for over two years, you will pay $2,000 for insurance for a $1,500 drone. Okay, it just doesn't make sense if That's you compare crazy, it, let's man. say, to, to a car, okay? But again, as, as a commercial operator, you needed to have insurance in order to show it to the, to the venue, for example, or to any client that you have. So we came up with uh, an hourly policy uh, that a customer could basically download a, a mobile app, choose the flight area, get a quote 
immediately and even you know uh, um, buy insurance for an hour for let's say 10 bucks okay mm. uh, eventually we created you know this on-demand solution we also created monthly and annual solutions for more uh, complex organizations that you know needed to operate the drone more more frequently but we had you know basically like the, the full suite of drone insurance for any kind of uh, uh, drone customer as a one-stop shop we um, work directly with with uh, with the commercial operators and also via brokers that we that we partnered with um, eventually as Skywatch drone solution became so uh, so successful we also ventured out to other aviation uh, solutions um, for basically for light aircraft for owners of you know the Cessnas and Pipers of the of the world. Yeah, it is when you stop to think about it, and, and Peter alluded to this a second ago. It's incredible to me the the prevalence of drone usage. It's it's blown up in the last few years. It seems with everybody from you know realtors and and construction companies, roofers, I feel like every roofer and their mom has a drone now uh, from the content they put up on social media. It, it makes perfect sense why your company would have so much success because I'm not even aware what your competition would be. I don't know of any other company that has said, hey, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna do drone insurance and do it really well and make it available to the masses using nice technology that makes the the customer experience the 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 buying process smooth and simple um did you guys just yeah. see an opportunity in the marketplace and and run to attack it how did that selection of drone insurance come about it's very niche of course but the niche is to your credit it's absolutely exploding in popularity so yeah i think it's you know back in the day like about five years ago when the industry just started okay People started to use drones for commercial purposes, uh, and you know these people need insurance, but and you, you usually have you know general liability insurance. The problem was that drones as an aircraft was just like almost always just excluded yeah. uh, from the GL. categorically okay. excluded. Categorically, exactly. Yeah, and it's like one of the questions you are being asked. Okay, it's aviation. We're you're out. Okay, so these people needed insurance, so they went to aviation insurance brokers and carriers, okay? Now, these people, they are used to insure, you know, jet planes, okay, of $20 million. Their agency and also like the, the, the underwriters in the insurance companies, they're not used to these kind of high volume, low margin kind of business, okay? Yeah. They also, you know, they did it as, as an accommodation, but they also didn't want this risk, okay? So you have like, you know, a growing, that is like emerging rapidly, and you have like maybe like lack of solution for the customer, uh, and again, it's like still a small uh, enough industry for like the big insurers to care. Okay, and this is what you know insurers. You know they can innovate. Okay, eventually they will invest like several years and uh, millions of dollars, and they will have a breast of breed product for car insurance or for home insurance. But you know the progressives and the all states of the world they won't create a best of breed product for drones. Okay. And this is what we did. We also have like other competitors in this space. It's I think that competition is good for the customer, and it also keeps us very ambitious in order to make sure that we're on top and we're serving the customers in the best way possible. Uh, but yes, this is like a very very typical 
area for a startup to to get into. And similarly, I think that, you know this is also also like the expansion from Skywatch to the other things that we do from Boom. Once we did that, we understood okay, so we have here like an emerging technology that it's very hard for insur- to insure. It's hard for insurance companies to innovate effectively in a niche segments. What other niche segments are there really help? And we landed, for example, on motorcycles. Again, like relatively a niche segment for like big insurance companies, it's like maybe like two three percent of their business. So they won't create like the best of breed product for it. There are some other motorcycle insurance solutions. However, um, no one is really doing it on a paper mile basis. And since seventy percent of the riders are riding less than average. For 70% of the riders, this is a much better product to go with paper mile, okay? So again, this is like overlooked by major carriers. They're blind to the actual mileage, blind to the actual risk. And a technology company like ourselves can really create something that is much better for the customer. It just seems so natural that things would move in this direction because exactly what you just said, Tomer. I mean, most people are better off with an individually underwritten product it just flies in the face of so much infrastructure and law of large numbers and actuarial tables and all of the traditional ways that insurance happens. I mean, it's, it's exactly the opposite of law of large numbers. It's the law of one person's numbers. Mm-hmm. It is, I, I absolutely love it. Peter, I know we had some minor tech difficulties with you. Anything you want to comment on from what you've heard in the last couple of minutes, just on the kind of the idea behind uh, what has now become the mainstay for drone insurance that is Skywatch? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, um, I, I guess one of the questions that I'm curious about is like, help me understand the economics of it. I mean, clearly, you know, there weren't great economics to insure like an airplane 70 years ago or 100 years ago when it was just getting started. Um, but over time, as the industry becomes ubiquitous, and this is kind of where I was getting at earlier with, you know, wh- where are we in the country as far as drones? Like, should every insurance agent be asking all their customers about, do you use drones in your business? It, sa- it seems like at some point, economically, there's a point where it becomes like an economic necessity for this to work. But like, what are the, what are the, what are the high level economics of the, the policies that you sell? That's just to make sure Peter doesn't understand the question. Uh, the economics meaning like from the loss ratio, the economics of how a company like Skywatch makes money, the economics from the customer perspective of how much they pay for coverage. Um, yeah, just, I, I guess, what, what like so the high level, like what's the typical policy look like? What's the premium? You know, what's the expense mm-hmm. ratio, the commission? Like what's the loss ratio? Who wants to reinsure this? Um, you know, how does that work? It's just, I just don't have any exposure to that. Like I, I would, I could, I could do it for car insurance or workers comp. Like I kind of know it because you know you you sell the product for long enough, you become familiar with it. But drone, I remember you know years ago, you pay a thousand dollars for a cyber policy, and you know there's so many company people that got hacked, they had million dollar claims, and it's like the economics mm-hmm. didn't make sense. And so now you're seeing I think yeah, premiums yeah, going up. Yeah. So I guess like where are we in that journey? How do the economics work with drone insurance? Like where are we in that journey? Sure. So okay. So first of all, you know. What, what's the coverages that you're buying? Okay, so usually as a commercial operator, you go to a client, they ask you to have insurance. It's always liability insurance. They don't care if you have like physical damage insurance or not. So the mandatory part is the liability insurance. Usually the typical liability is like $1 million. And although we have like clients start, you know, having like $10 million and more 
uh, with liability insurance. How much should they have? Uh, do you think? And, I mean, what are what are kind of the claims that they might run into? Uh, yeah, it's it, typically you just like do what your customers want to have. Okay, so if you work in the yeah. oil and gas industry, typically you have five million. If you work for um, Live Nation, uh, you will have ten million, uh, or um, you know, yeah, or, or for Hollywood studio. Um, but that's you know th- that's what typical. But most of our uh, customer you could imagine would buy like the typical po- typical policy of one million dollars. Like if you're a bit. real estate photographer, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, your drone could fall and maybe damage something, but it's not going to be like you're not crashing into a celebrity most of the time if you're like a real estate photographer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now the other portion is like the physical damage of the drone. Now you're familiar with you know DJI drones that cost fifteen hundred dollars, which are indeed very common. But we have on our books, you know. Huge drones with lidars that you know could cost one hundred thousand dollars. So it ranges. Now, in terms of you know the premium, so before we started, the only option was to buy like an annual policy, and for even for a fifteen hundred dollar drone, you would pay even a thousand dollars a year. Okay, so over two years, you will pay more for the insurance than for the drone itself, as as I mentioned. And you know we came with the hourly policy and monthly policy and annual policy according to what the customer wants. Uh, an annual policy today is like around like six to seven hundred dollars for you know for one or two drones, uh, and uh, an hourly policy is even like ten dollars again for one million liability. And it changes if you want to have more liability uh, or um, you want to add physical damage and so on and so forth. Like and from a reinsurance perspective, what we do and we do it in this product and for other products as well is that we partner with um, insurance companies or insurance companies that know the risk well, uh, and basically our pitch to them is very simple, okay? We will unlock this revenue stream, okay? We'll bring the customers. We'll do, you know, all of the automation. Uh, we'll be in charge of everything. You will get, you know, uh, premium mass, minus losses. Uh, so we'll unlock this revenue stream, but based on data, okay? Co- you can do it confidently with us because we know more about these customers. We are able to collect data. We are able to, um, uh, select the risk effectively, uh, and you know, for them, it's a, it's an appealing uh, pitch. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, a nationwide brokerage solutions. They understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the questions I have is like, what kind of data do you have? I mean, are you, are you getting like telematics from the drones? And then another question is like, I think, you know, you guys work with agents, right? Like how does this, how does the economics work for, for agents? Yeah. So with regards to the, first of all, we know the utilization. Okay. So if you're buying like an hourly or monthly or annual policy, then we know exactly you know how much you use the, the drones and we price uh, accordingly. The second thing is that we do have some kind of a telematics offering in which we collect the data from your previous flights and um, basically provide you some kind of, uh, of a risk score. 
this is something that not all of the customers are using. It's optional, but we do use it and they think it's, uh, it's, it's good for differentiation. So what you're saying is someone like me that crashes my drone into friggin' everything is going to pay more for insurance. <laughs> you, you will pay a special price anyway, James. What, what if you crash your drone into yourself accidentally and cut your own arm? It will, it will hurt. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure that's, I'm the definition of a bad happen. risk. I, I think that was the it's best going, answer I've ever heard to an insurance question. Like, it will hurt. <laughs> oh, man. You know, you know the, the number one enemies of drones are trees. Yeah. Like, uh, they, you know, a lot of research was done by Skywatch to, to understand, you know, what are the major risks in drones. And number one is trees. Number two is power lines. Where does, I figured, you know, where, where, where does water fall on that? Because I've definitely, I've lost a drone to trees and I've lost a drone to the ocean. But maybe, I don't know, people, are, yeah. Water are number three, yeah. Okay. We had people that, you know, were on a boat, filmed themselves, and guess what happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but yes, and, it happens, you know, it's, uh, it's a part of the business. You know, I, I, I say it a little bit jokingly, but I'm kind of serious. When we think about analogs for property insurance, you know, auto, for instance, there's comp, there's collision. One of the things that I, we're very fond of in the agent community is the phrase stupidity is not an exclusion. Right. So, you know, for negligence, for rookie operators who don't have a friggin' clue what they're doing. Uh, how how does the industry, how does Skywatch even, from a reinsurance perspective, like how do you guys take into account the the very strong likelihood that inexperienced operators will cause an inordinately large portion of your losses? And are you asking underwriting questions? Is there any sort of certification? You know, from from the customer experience, one, but from the agents who go, hey, you know what? I don't have a solution for drone insurance. It's excluded on literally every policy I sell. Travelers and insert carry here doesn't want to cover drones. They don't want it. So when the agents listening to this podcast are trying to figure out how to wrap their head around the concept of drone insurance, what's the user experience like? And I know that was a rambly little preamble to a question. Let me, let me distill it down. One, how in the world do you control for lost drivers like inexperienced operators. I would mm-hmm. think that's a huge problem yeah. from a profitability perspective. Two, what's the customer experience like uh, at the point of application and acquiring this insurance? Is there anything outside of the normal answer these 12 underwriting questions and here's your quote? And we'll do just those two questions so you're not overwhelmed, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's start with, uh, with the user experience, okay? So a typical customer, either go to the skywars.ai website and get a quote, or work with one of our partner brokers uh, that obviously get commissions from for, for selling uh, to, for, for working with Skywatch. The there are obviously some questions about you know the nature of operation and which drone do you use. But the actually the the application is very 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 simple compared to what it was before Skywatch. Okay, so before Skywatch, um, you asked the operator about, you know, how many years of experience you had, although the industry was like maybe the, the entire industry was... Or a, minutes a, or hours. Old. Yeah, what type of fuel do you use for the engine of the drones, although everything is electrified? Uh, and, you know, the, 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 the weight in grams of your drone, although there are like three typical drones that, um, that, that are used and, you know, everything else almost is an exception. 
So, you know, today the post is quick, it's really simple. You maybe, you know, most of our customers even finish uh, answering everything in 60 seconds. Um, so that's, mm. and, and that's either from our brokers or um, from directly from our website. Um, the other thing that you ask is, okay, we, and it's actually connected to the answer, we make it so easy to buy, how come we're not, you know, uh, um, biased against or have, you know, huge um, uh, loss drivers from, you know, from a few uh, operators that are maybe less experienced. Uh, so we do have guardrails in place, okay? So you won't be able to get like a $10 million liability limit if you are not, you know, licensed by the FAA, okay? Uh, and we'll do, you know, this and that uh, checks. We, you won't be able to insure, um, you know, um, a very, very expensive drone with a LiDAR and everything without, you know, with zero experience and, and, and if we know nothing about it. But on the other hand, we also understand that, you know, people are coming into the market, okay? A large portion of the drone operators are new, okay? It's like a wonderful invention. It's like a flying smartphone, okay? It's not so hard to, to fly it. And yes, you know, we need to help these newcomers to, 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 to join the industry. We also see ourselves as a part of the ecosystem that want to help this industry to, to thrive because we're, you know, uh, benefiting from that. So we work with uh, flight schools and we work with other drone organizations, to, you know, to, to promote flight safety and also, you know, promote insurance. So help me understand back to, you know, the, the brokerages, you got you, you you work with agents and brokers. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So we work with a uh, handful of you know maybe like a few dozens of of, of brokers that specialize in um, either in drone coverage, aviation coverage, or they specialize, let's say, in agriculture or in other like segment, let's say, roofers. Okay, that need drone insurance. Um, so we do it. They have our platform that they can quote on. In many cases, it's even like white label. So they have the logo on it and they can even put it on their website. Meaning you have a platform that can, you put on the website under drone insurance, customers can come in, even quote and bind without contacting with the broker. And this will be like, um, you know, a, a policy of the broker. Um, so it's as easy as that. Uh, and yes, we, we do it very successfully. So I remember 12 years ago, I was doing insurance with my dad and his agency. It's a 20 person agency, generalist. We do personal, we do commercial, we do life, we do health. 12 years ago, we were telling all of our customers, you need to get cyber insurance. And most customers were like, I have no idea what this is. Why would I ever need to get cyber? I'm just a home builder. I'm just a, you know, XYZ company. Why would I need to get cyber insurance? When, when is it going to be coming to the point where agencies like my dad with 20 people, a generalist agency are going to need to offer like drone insurance to all their customers or to some, to some, you know, substantial set of their customers? Yeah, I think, and you know, I have less experience in insurance than, than you, Peter, but I divide all of the insurance products into two categories, insurance products that the broker need to push the customer to buy. And insurance products that the customers really pulls, okay, demands, okay, how can I buy? And they think that today drone insurance falls under the category of of the pool, okay? Meaning a drone, a commercial drone operator want to do something, their customers are asking them to have insurance, come to their broker and, and ask for a solution, okay? 
So we have a lot of these, okay? Uh, we don't have a lot of, uh, I would say like the push of, you know, call the customer and ask them if they have drones because they might need insurance as well. Um, because still it's like not in the point as, as like, a, you know, as a recreational hobbyist, you won't buy, you know, insurance for, you know, a few hundreds of dollars a year uh, just to cover your drone. Got it. So what I'm hearing from you is it's probably not at least in the next five years where generalist agencies need to offer this across the board to their customers. On the other hand, you know, if you have, you know, many, let's say roofers, for example, or if you have like a specific segment, I'm sure that, you know, these customers, some of them already have drone insurance because, you know, their, their customers wanted to have it. And potentially they even, you know, just go to Skywater like others and buy it online without even knowing that the broker can offer it. So this is something for the broker to to know, basically. Well, I don't want to, to put you on the spot or your appointment team on the spot, but I just applied to, to get an appointment with Skywatch because we will sell the crap out of this policy to roofers and construction and GC accounts and realtors too, because realtors never think about it. And the photographers that serve realtors, they have no idea how exposed they are absolutely no idea it hasn't even crossed their mind so for offices that operate like like peter uh, peter's family agency and ours where we're constantly looking for holes we're, we're looking mm -hmm. for sore spots that we can poke and make incumbent agents look bad 100 like hey hey you know what you're a roofing company i noticed some beautiful pictures on your website just out of curiosity did a drone take those pictures oh yeah we've got a da -da 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 -da, dji blah 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 i was like great where's the, uh, did, did your current agent help you with insurance for your drone and liability coverage for when that drone drops out of the sky and lands on someone's head or their truck or whatever or you know aunt sally's flower bed gets taken out by a, a little three pound menace to society with spinning blades no no the, in, the incumbent hasn't even thought of it so let's do it again. You know, I came for an interview. I thought I'm gonna, you know, just have fun, and now we're doing business. Oh, we're doing business, baby! <laughs> and I, here's how goofy I told I you am. he was ninja. I want. <laughs> I, he, I, here's how goofy I am, man. I I saw the website a few weeks ago, but I knew that Peter was bringing you in, and we were going to have an interview. And I wanted to have the drama of filling out the interest form while recording the interview. I thought that might be entertaining. <laughs> and, you know, 80% of the audience couldn't give a crap. But the other 20% is going to be rolling their eyes and just laughing at Peter and James. Mostly James. I, I, but I, Peter, too. Yeah, I mean, look, when I, when I remember when I was an agent, one of the products that I was a cyclist, and I was always thinking about bike insurance. Because if you're a cyclist, mm -hmm. bikes get to be expensive, and crashes yep. can be expensive, and no one is paying attention when they're driving their cars anymore or when they're walking across the sidewalk. So it was like one of those things I thought about a lot, but it was like, is there a huge market for like bicycle insurance? And I remember there's like a specialty company that did it. And I was always trying to think about the economics. Okay, like, yeah. does this make sense? Mm -hmm. I, I'm definitely yep. getting the sense now if I was, you know, at my family agency again, and this is where I'm trying to figure out like, when are these things ubiquitous? But like we insure farmers, we insure builders, you know, we insure, um, you know, real estate companies. Like we, we insure a wide swath and it's like, yeah, you, you just have to imagine to, J to James' point, you're always, you want to be out there spearfishing and causing pain. And, um, and, and ultimately as a risk manager is identifying opportunities to help people with risk. And one of the challenges is you just don't necessarily know the markets. Like you don't even know this product is out there. 
like, hey, it's, it's like really easy. It's online. The average person, it takes 60 seconds to get a quote. Like, that's great. It's super helpful as an insurance agent. Because here's the thing, Tomer, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but my, my process brain is spinning full speed here. So from a sales and marketing perspective, all we do is add one question, one singular question to the intake. Does your company own and operate any sort of drone or aircraft? If yes, yes great. We have a specialized pro program that's just for this. It is the industry leader in drone and aircraft coverage, tech-enabled, super fast. Click here, and oh, by the way, it's a white-labeled landing page that your agency staff doesn't even touch. They don't have to do any of the data collection. And then Skywatch packages up a nice little drone policy, six or $700 a year for the average uh, drone. Um, and that is for an annual policy, of course. And then, of course, you know, Skywatch does the things that all MGAs and programs do. The agent gets paid 45, 60 days later. And it's basically zero touch. And just like magic, that hole in the risk exposures for that account is plugged for virtually minimal effort at the point of sale and really anywhere in the operational process at all. Did I miss anything or is that basically the whole kit and caboodle for the sales process on, at least on the front end? Obviously there's service operations and you know certificates and claims and other stuff that happens further on in the life cycle. But on the front end, did I miss anything? Because it seems almost too good to be true. You're completely correct. And not only that, also the complications that you mentioned, like you know, adding a drone, changing the liability limit, having another COI, everything could be done even by the customer via the platform. Yeah. Um, so it's as simple as that. So it sounds so like- just to piggyback for just a second here, Peter, sorry to cut you off. I know you guys are gonna have limited distribution for direct appointments. I, I don't, that's not my first rodeo. I know you're not gonna wanna be kicking out direct appointments to everybody from here to Timbuktu. Our last interview with Peter, um, by the time this episode airs, just go back and look at the back catalog, probably two, three, four weeks before, uh, there's a, an interview with Aviad Pinkoveski, who is employee mm -hmm. number one at Hippo, and I see Skywatch.ai on the the list, the Connect. menu, yeah. if you will, mm -hmm. of First Connect. I'm guessing they're your distribution partner for folks that just dabble in this stuff that aren't don't warrant a direct appointment, but still want to have access to where the candy is with Skywatch. Is is that what you guys are doing for the casual observer? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do work with First Connect and a few other. Uh, um aggregators, uh, let's call it. Okay. But, you know, if, if you are, you know, the field and you think you have, you know, a lot of relevant customers and, and you want to get a direct appointment, then, you know, we can discuss and see, you know, what's fit, what, what's the best fit, okay? If, if the best fit is to, to work directly together or with amazing companies like, uh, like First Connect. Sorry, Peter, I totally... You know, oh yeah, no. So mine is just again on the economics. If I was pitching it, it almost seems like I don't know if we're quite there yet because your customers are going to look at you like you're crazy. But 12 years ago, our customers looked like at us like we were crazy for talking about cyber insurance. But I think we're almost at the point where the economics is, as an agent, like you can't afford not to offer drone insurance or not to raise the question. It's not even necessarily about the commissions right now. It's how silly you, are you going to look if you didn't ask the question? How silly and exposed are you going to be um, when your customers don't have the protection in place if you're not offering this or talking about it with your, and maybe there's like categories of customers where you're like, you know, roofers, you know, et cetera, that do these, this type of stuff. 
But I, I, I do, I am kind of curious, just like on the economics, I mean, if you had a range of premiums, I mean, what, what do brokerages or agencies, what are they, what can they expect from a commission percent, uh, like a commission dollar amount for a, a typical policy? Yeah, so it would be, let's say, up to 15%. Um, Peter, if you, if it would be you specifically, we'd get five, but most, uh, most brokers will pay, will get paid more. Yeah, it's because you can my send clients me the are other 10. <laughs> yeah, you can send me the other 10 from Peter's and give him five. Um, yeah. Every sarcastic comment, reduce commissions, Peter. <laughs> I love it. No, Tober, we're, we're almost to the point in that episode where we, we start getting ready to land the plane. We've, we've camped out on the drone thing for most of the episode. Uh, is there any anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to bring up? Uh, anything that you think is relevant to the conversation uh, that you want to maybe share about Skywatch or Voom or anything else? And then I'll let Peter have the last word before we wrap this thing up. Yeah, so I, I will say two things. One, uh, yes, Voom in general, like the, the product for motorcycles is something that we're personally, I'm, ver- I'm personally very, very excited about uh, because I really think it brings like huge differentiation in uh, also much bigger market okay and if we are able to do the um if we're able to to gain the traction that we got in the drone market also in the um, motorcycle and off-road market in general i think that it will be awesome for us but also for for the customers because as i mentioned 70 percent of the riders really most of the riders average most of the riders are going to benefit from a paper mile solution yeah. uh and you know especially especially in you know off-road and, and motorcycles that are so seasonal okay yeah in connecticut you are not riding most of the year okay but you're still paying for year long so it's you know it is frustrating and this is uh, something that we're uh solving and there are a few more products like that that we're uh about to to launch so this is one the, thing you have a question james yeah it just motorcycles in particular i think you you have a great idea there. Not that you need my validation, but I look at motorcycles in particular and specialty auto right along with it. Campers and RVs and boats and personal watercraft and stuff that's, I mean, watercraft is another category entirely. Mm-hmm. That is, you use it three or four months out of the year in a lot of parts of the country. But there, from a, from a, a market disruption perspective, for motorcycles, I have to think progressive, Foremost and Dairyland, between those three companies, absolutely dominate the market share in personal mm-hmm. motorcycle insurance. And when you start talking about watercraft, I've turned down, I don't know how many companies that rent watercraft to other, like to, to the customers. They're, they, they're somewhere around a lake in Austin. There's th- all three of these prospective clients we turned down where none of the companies even contemplate rental business even with good loss controls in place if, if you're going in on the commercial side of things with the you know the rental side of things kind of like turo did uh with liberty mm-hmm. mutual and travelers with their program on you know the airbnb for vehicles i know that's we're like three steps away from where you guys are currently but th- those two areas seem so ripe for disruption because they're just so stale and they're dominated by a very small number of players. You're very, very correct, James. And you know, every even like every week, I have like an idea for another niche that I really, really want to get into. But we, we just, you know, we, we just can't. We don't have yeah. like enough 
time and capacity, but we, you know, the, the opportunities in niche markets in the mobility world that are high risk and episodic usage are just like endless. This is why we're, you know, so optimistic about the, the future of, of Boom. And maybe the last thing that I want to mention is about our team members. So we are, we're not a huge team. We're around 30 people in the company at the moment across everything, product and sales and marketing and, and R&D. Uh, and I think that what's beautiful in this stage that we're at is that we have uh, one of the core values of our company is it's never not my problem. Meaning the R&D really cares about, you know, what the sales are doing in the day to day and vice versa and marketing and compliance and everything, really every, everyone works together. And this is what, you know, really drives everyone uh, uh, to work every day across two different time zones, uh, which is not easy. No, I, I love it, man. Always giving your team a shout out. That's good leadership right there, Tomer. Peter, we're about ready to land this plane, man. Anything, uh, any final thoughts from you? Any, any last questions before we get off this thing? What I was just wanting to kind of end with, Tomer, I think, you know, I, as a, as a young person in my former years, I used to love everything that you guys are touching on drones, you know, motorcycles. I've crashed dirt bikes, I've crashed drones, crashed jet skis. Um, and I remember when I was a young agent, when Airbnb was coming out and when Uber was coming out, agents would almost ridicule like, ah, we would, you can't get insurance for this. You can't get insurance for that. And I was like, guys, like people are doing this. This is the way of the future. Like, why can't we get insurance for these things? And I love that you're, that you have dedicated, you know, this early part of your career to making this product available, something that's hard to insure. I would, I would imagine it's not like the travelers of the world's out there trying to figure out, you know, pay per usage drone insurance. And so I, I love that you guys are doing this. And I think um, more agents should be aware and figure out how to make this a part of their sales process. So thanks for your work and excited to continue to follow your success. I think that's a great place uh, for us to wrap this up. Uh, Tomer, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, not you individually, because obviously you're the executive and you're not taking someone's call when they reach out for something. Uh, what's the best way for someone to learn about Voom? and Skywatch. Is it just visiting your website, Voom Insurance? That's V-O-O-M insurance.com? Yeah, voominsurance.com and uh, skywatch.ai. But okay. uh, yeah, please do send me an email, tomer at voominsurance.com. I do answer. Awesome. You heard it there, folks. He is ready to engage with you. Guys, I don't know how else to say this. I just think this stuff is so cool. Uh, we, are, we are having a conversation in an area that outside of Skywatch, and boom, I don't know how you would even, as a retail agent, how you would go about fixing this problem for your client. Outside of that, I mean, you're doing some ENS submission to Arlington Row or another aviation-focused MGA. It's an accord submission with supplementals. It's a giant pain in the butt. And what Tomer and the team at Skywatch and Voom have done is just fantastic. Peter, you have outdone yourself. Again, that's two incredible guests on this podcast. And they both happen to be from the great country of Israel. So, Peter, the next guest you bring, pick a different country. It doesn't have to be Israel every time, just FYI. You can bring other guests from other countries elsewhere on the globe, just preferably outside of the U.S. because I love the accent and makes us seem so much more sophisticated with a different accent on the podcast. Tomer, any last words from you, my man? I really, really enjoyed the meeting today and the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a three-way enjoyment, and the, the audience, of course, Freedom Jumper out there, you really are what this thing is all about. Peter and Tomer and myself, I know I speak for them when I say that the reason this podcast 
exists, why the three of us just spent a better part of an hour is Impact. It is helping you deliver a better experience for your insureds, your stakeholders, thereby supporting and, and making your community better, which at the end of the day improves the human experience. And that is why this podcast exists, helping insurance agents from across the country just get better at what they do day in and day out. So as we uh, enjoy the early stages of our third year in existence, man, this is just a whole lot of fun. So Tomer, Peter, Freedom Jumper, Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you again real soon. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And, I, and you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high-quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.